Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Greetings and welcome inside Hour 3 of the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon, live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Well, in the fourth quarter right now, the Lakers starting to reel in the Clippers just a little bit. It was in a been a 10-point lead for the Clippers for the most part, but now the Lakers playing without LeBron James have cut the lead 113-108, just over six minutes left to go in the fourth. D'Angelo Russell with 27, AD's got 26. Meanwhile, Harden with 22 and 10 assists for the Clippers. Uh, Clippers have been on fire the last few weeks. This would be a huge, huge win for the Lakers without LeBron, who maybe this is one of those, hey, we're, we're actually on the right track, wins for the Lakers. If not, it's going to be, we got to trade everybody and start over again, because that's every game for the Lakers. No, this one is a, uh, it becomes a larger question. Is it just a maintenance, right? You took your shop, your car into the shop for repair, or uh, is there a bigger issue, right? That's what we do with any injury uh, that keeps LeBron James out of the lineup mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, and to this point, the Lakers have been uh, been had good fortune related to the health of both he and Anthony Davis for the year uh, as we sit and get ready for the big second half of the campaign. But 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know that there's a referendum here, but they are looking to make it an actual streak because they've won two in a row. Remember when the Clippers used to own all of the regular season meetings? Well, now now how the tide has turned. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep you updated on this game. we got other big NBA stuff coming up later on this hour. But two big stories in the NFL were doubled down on in the last 24 hours, and both people who doubled down on them were wrong. First, let's deal with Todd Bowles. Buccaneers head coach who refused to call his final timeout at the end of the game against the Lions. Now, to refresh your memory on this, the Lions were kneeling on the football to stop the clock, and Dan Campbell and the Lions did a horrendous job of kneeling on the football and not killing enough clock before they snapped it. So the Lions snapped the ball on yep. third down with about 33 seconds left to go in the game. The Bucks still had one timeout left. Now, the game should have been over. The Bucks should have called their timeout the first time. Lions kneeling out the clock. No, no, no. Both sides going, yeah, we're really new to this football thing. And so the, the Bucks could have called a timeout, forced the Lions to try to kick a 49-yard field goal. If he makes it, it's over. Okay. If he misses, you're down a touchdown. You have the ball near midfield with about 30 seconds left. You have a chance to tie this game and send it to overtime. Now, after the game on Sunday, Bowles said, ah, they were in position for a field goal, and the game was over at that point, and I couldn't believe he said that because that's Mm -hmm. just ridiculous. And then on Monday, I thought, well, maybe he's going to change things a little bit, change his tune a little bit. No, no, no. He doubled down saying, no, no, this game, it was over. The Lions were were taking a knee in victory formation with 12, 13 seconds left on the play clock. Is there, like, in terms of not taking your last time out, is there, like, a gentleman's agreement, if you don't do it on the first two like that, that you're just going to end the game? It's not a gentleman's agreement. They were in field goal range. Uh, we'd have had 12 seconds calculated after using that timeout to come back from it. Then we would have been down 11 points. It's kind of pointless. You kind of know when the game is over, and the game was over. Okay. Uh, you know what's pointless? That's just stupid. And not only that, it's factually wrong. It's factually wrong. If the Lions miss the field goal, there's like tw- they kick the field goal 33 seconds. They kick the field goal four or five seconds. You got about 28, 29 seconds to try to get in the end zone. So it's it's not 12 seconds left. It's not that. So Todd Bowles is making stuff up. Well, we would have but even seconds. if you don't like the fuzzy math, Jason, it's still greater than zero. Yeah, you still have a chance. You could have had a chance, even if it was a chance to throw a hail mary. You don't want that. That's right. Right? Like, I'd rather Todd Bowles, because he looks stupid saying this. He just looks stupid. I'd rather him tell the truth, which was he kind of got lost in the moment. The game was over. Baker threw the pick. The Lions were kneeling on the football. Everybody was going crazy in the, in the, in the stadium. Nobody was really paying attention to the play clock. And by the time he figured it out, Todd Bowles just decided it's not worth it. For whatever reason, it's not worth it to call a timeout. This is where someone has to get to the head coach and shake him and say, what are you, crazy? Like, we could still have a chance to maybe win. And it's a long shot. We have a chance to win a bleeping playoff game. And you're just saying, no, the game was over? He owes an apology to every one of his players, saying, I'm sorry, I blew it, not calling a timeout, and giving you a chance to make a play. They're in fear. 49 yards is not field goal range, man. I'm sorry. It's field goal range to kick it. It's not a gimme. It's not 27 yards. It's not 30 yards, man. It's a 49-yarder. Just ask the Bills what it's like to kick a 40-some-odd-yard field goal to try to win a game. Just ask the the uh, Green Bay Packers what it's like to take a 44 yard field goal to try to win the game. I mean that's just it's just wrong and and I really he owes his team an apology. And I, the fact that he's doubling down on this just makes him look bad. It makes him look worse than it was. You know taking a 49 yard field goal like it was a given. Just say I biffed it. 
I biffed it, and I wasn't in a great place mentally because that's the only reason why he would make a decision to say we're not going to try to kick it, kick. Uh, we're not going to try to call a t- time out here and try to get the the football back. I just wasn't in a great place mentally to make that decision. Just uh, not wanting to admit that he and his staff can't do basic math, and, and situational football eludes them. I mean that uh, that's the thing. At some point, you got to look in the mirror and just say, you know what, we got this wrong. You do it with play calls. You do it with alignment. You do it with personnel. Uh, when you go for it on a fourth down, all of those things, you'll be like, ah, oh, you know what? We got too aggressive here, or we had, you know, the wrong package for this, and they read it well. Well, you own up to that stuff all the time. You can't own up to mismanaging the the game clock. Like, what are we doing, Dan Campbell? At least on Monday, all right. And, he and said he blew two, it. Yes, he yeah, said I, two, we blew it, two man. Things, right? We yeah. blew it. He said, quite, he goes, quote, I, we didn't handle that whole thing well on our end. We should have bled the clock more than we did. Look, I'll be the first to admit that. That's on me. But, yeah, we knew they had a timeout left, and I could tell he wasn't going to call it. So, basically, you know, also throwing up the double bird over at Todd Bowles. Yeah. And, and so that's how it ended. But I also want to give you credit because you and I were texting as the game was going on, your Lions, all of that stuff. But – Situational football, and, and Byer and, and Bursch and I, uh, we sat down to do the I Want Your Flex podcast after the show last night, and I made sure to give you credit there. I do it here on our show as well. You were texting me in the moment, goes, they didn't call their timeout? They had a timeout, right? Like, in real time, we were having the conversation about the management of the clock. Not 24 hours later, not just before showtime. Like, as we're going back and forth, going, this, this isn't right. Right? Like, just doing the math and watching the snaps and, and the whole thing. Yeah, like, did uh, we miss them calling a timeout? Did they did, did, did the broadcast just have them with a timeout? Right, did and, it not get ticked off where it should have been? Yeah, all of those things. But we, we did that in real time. So I give you credit. I, I'm sitting there thinking it to myself, but you texted me going, I'm, I'm not crazy, right? I mean, like, so it, so just, it's like if you feel good when you're you're paying attention and you're not wrapped up like Todd Bowles clearly was or yeah. Dan Campbell clearly was and all their staffs and people that are getting paid to help with clock management and game situations were that, you know, we were at least keeping our, our heads on a, on a swivel. You know, and, and I get that there's part of that in the moment. The game is over. They're taking snaps. Okay, and there's a lot of yelling going on, and nobody knows on the sideline what's next because the teams are kneeling on the football. Am I getting headsets? Are we cleaning things up? But at some point, there's, hey, 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 we could call a timeout here. We can call a timeout, get the ball back, and Todd Bowles decided, nah, the game is over. And it's like, what? What the hell do you mean the game is over? He raised like, uh, the, the white pirate flag. That was just, that's inexcusable, man. And he, Come on, Dan Campbell, board our ship. We're done. He owes that's his what he team. Did. He owes his team, he owes the fans an apology by just saying, I screwed it up. I screwed up. I didn't give us a potential chance to maybe get back in the game and maybe win the game. That's what it all comes back to. You're saying we have a chance. He was the Jets' head coach. You think he could possibly look any worse? Well, once a Jet, always a Jet. Yeah, they broke him. (laughs) Once you're a Jet, you're a Jet all the way from your first bad timeout to your last coaching day. That's how it works. Uh, Now, if there's your your double, you like that, don't you? Yeah. Oh, I got something for you coming up in a few minutes. I've been waiting all day to do. Uh, so you have that, that Todd Bowles doubles down. And come on, man, seriously, apologize to your team. Uh, the Bills today double down on what they think about wide receivers to Diggs. 
So general manager Brandon Bean had his end-of-season press conference today and said the Bills still see Stephon Diggs as a number one receiver. Quote, I firmly believe that, not wavering off of that. I know there's various reasons or questions on this or his production, but I still see Steph as a number one receiver. I get it, and I understand you want to defend the guy. His days of a number one receiver are over. We told you last night, he's done. He's a number one in name only. And the offense this season for the Bills changed. They made the big change of coordinator, and it hummed along without him. Without Stephon Diggs playing a great role, it hummed along because they got more out of Cook and more out of Dalton Kincaid and more out of Shakir. Uh, everything was fine. It hummed along. You didn't need Stephon Diggs. Didn't need him. He's not the same receiver. He can't get the separation. It's like he got old in the middle of the season. Right? You go from October 15th to the end of the year, he was just a guy. And I know there's nothing they can do because they're stuck with him for one more year, but you watch what happens. Next year, it's going to be another year of diminished production, and it's, he's going to be just like Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, and A.J. Green, guys who were great and then kind of overnight – their production dipped. And because they're big names, we still thought, oh, they're just having a down spot. They'll get it going again when really they're done. They're done as number one receivers. And Diggs will be a number one with name only. He's not going to have a big year next year. The offense has evolved. They're moving on. And in a year, he'll be a free agent. And then fans get all excited again, looking at the back of his football card, saying, oh, if we get Stephon Diggs, man, we're lucky. No, the dude's going to be 32. And he's not that great. And he's diminishing returns. But you think you're getting some awesome just like it happens with hopkins and green and jones oh we're getting somebody great no you're getting a guy to run patterns that's what you're going to get a guy to run patterns if the guy was still great he'd still be catching a bunch of passes because the bills want to get him the football but they changed the offense it wasn't working trying to get the football to him you saw in the afc in the afc playoff game last week what eight targets three receptions he had no separation al was a little bit off on a couple of those passes but he's not the same guy that's how the next year plus is going to go for Stephon Diggs. You're going to think he's still a number one because of his name, but it's diminished production, and the Bills are going to move on after next year. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing with him is you, you look at some of the plays he did make down the stretch, and I know the touchdown total isn't there, that he was still a guy that would surprise you. I guess given what the the rest of the body of work had become, where he'd still surprise you going across the middle and strong hands pulling in a ball. And then you see two big plays in this last game, this loss to the Chiefs, that 65-yard bomb, that, that'll live in infamy for his career, right? You go through the highlights. There's a lot of big moments. Go back. Yeah, to it's a Minneapolis miracle is first, and the ball going through his hands is second. But seriously, like, and a lot of big catches in between, because he still caught over 100 passes for the year, right? Monster first half, offense changes after after Dorsey gets fired, and so you get better work out of the run game, and the secondary receivers pop up, the tight ends got healthy, and Kincaid was trusted more, Dawson Knox came back. All of that to say that whatever it is going on philosophically, whether it's a, an issue with Allen, you know, tell Allen. Tell you know, Allen. We, we need Stephon to sit down Dick and talk. Tell Allen. <laughs> or whether it's, you know, from the play calling side of things and the routes that he's run. Because they didn't try to force him the ball. And, and to, to Josh Allen's credit, that led to winning football. Whether he pouts or not, now it's a, all right, what kind of professional are you moving forward? Because we saw it here. And if you can go and find a trade partner, then, yeah, you figure out if someone else still sees him as a one that's going to come in and be a solution to whatever their passing game is. 
Otherwise, in, in Buffalo, I mean, you got to come to Jesus meeting to try to figure out exactly, you know, where the disconnect is. Like, look, we don't need to throw the ball to you 24 times a game anymore. We've got a run game. We've got all these other options. Hell, down the stretch, you didn't even have Gabe Davis for a couple of games. So, yeah, it's it's one of those guys. Every once in a while, can still marvel marvel you with the catch, but he ain't as good as he once was. Now, and, and look, if any team ever called to say you want, they, what, what do you want? Don't even give us anything. Take his contract. We'll get another wide receiver. We'll get. He's not happy. He didn't talk again before the season ended. He was unhappy to start the season. Yeah, they, they'll be ready to move on from him. They'll be absolutely ready. You call him, you can have him if you want him. I wouldn't make the move, but you can have him if you want him. Exit out about a fresca, swollen dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. We'll have more NFL on the way, a story I have waited all day to do, plus something really serious about Doc Rivers coaching the Bucks. No, it is. It's a very serious oh. discussion. We're not just going to laugh at Doc Rivers being the head coach of the Bucks. No, no, <laughs> we have a serious discussion on it coming up next. Jason and Mike Fox. And we're going to laugh at Doc Rivers becoming the head coach. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. I try to get it out so we can hear Nick Cage. I don't want to not let you oh, hear Nick Cage. There we go. We're live at the TireRack.com studios here where the Clippers just put the finishing touches on a win over the Lakers, 127-116. Of course, now the sky will be falling for the Lakers. Trade everybody, get rid of Reeves, get rid of Russell, bring in Levine, whatever it is. It's, 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 it's either everything is great or it's everything. It's going to be trade everybody. Trade AD, I guarantee you, will trend at some point on Twitter tonight. Well, you notice how everybody had to address that over the course of the last week, right? Anybody that could potentially be on the trade block uh, has has talked about it between Russell and Reeves, uh, Hachimura. A lot of reports of you know him 
being a, a little bit uh, anxious given the, the fact that, you know, he's been embraced a bit here in L.A. He's found a comfort uh, space for it, for where he's at, given uh, previous NBA experience and all. So, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting time. We, we go to the regular season dominance for the Clippers over these last years. Uh, and it was a two-game streak for the Lakers, but no uh, LeBron in streak close tonight. Couldn't get it done. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure the sky will be uh, falling tomorrow. Now, we'll have more on the Doc Rivers-Milwaukee Bucks situation coming up in a couple minutes. But I've been waiting all day to do this story. Coaching news in the NFL. You know what that means. What does that mean? I'm afraid. You've been waiting, working been on waiting these all day for day? this. Waiting all day for this. All day. They're probably not going to be very good. Up, up, up. It appears to be that Nick Sirianni is safe mm-hmm. as Eagles head coach because they're allowing him to fire all his assistants. That's so, right. Unless it's just one of those things where Jeffrey Lurie is going to say, hey, you did some of my dirty work for me. You fired your guys. Now I'm firing you. It looks like Sirianni is safe. There's going to be a press conference that he's going to be a part of uh, coming up on Thursday. So it looks like he's safe. But the big news today, he fired offensive coordinator Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson is out with the Eagles, which begs the question, how would Chris Berman report Brian Johnson getting fired by the Eagles? Oh, boy. I know exactly where this is going. All right. right, TJ, when they fired Brian Johnson, the Eagles had him singing Hell's Bells, TJ. Okay. You worked all day on that? (laughs) No. Well, no, there's the obvious one that's coming. DJ, Brian Johnson reportedly thunderstruck at being fired by the Eagles. There you go. All right, there's two. If I were DJ, predicting songs once I knew where we were headed. DJ, yeah, all right. DJ, with a flick of the switch, the Eagles fire Brian Johnson. <laughs> DJ, the Eagles fired Brian Johnson because offensively they were on a highway to hell. There the it is, the everybody. Yeah, I feel like I need to flip a pencil up and see if it sticks in the ceiling like I'm Letterman. If I had a tomato, I would throw it in your face. TJ, <laughs> hopefully Brian Johnson in the wake of his firing is keeping a stiff upper lip about it. Okay. <laughs> and I'll leave you with this one. TJ. The Eagles telling Brian Johnson, for those about to get fired, we salute you. Fire! I think that was my favorite one. What did ACDC ever do to you? Uh, it's not my fault Brian Johnson got fired. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's Sirianni's fault. It's not my fault. It is. It is. Rattled him out. The fact that you can basically go away for almost two weeks after a debacle. Yeah. Not addressing anybody before you yeah. have to meet the media again and yeah. keep your job. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely amazing. A lot of speculation. Now, should Sirianni have been fired? Only the people in the locker room know how fractured things truly are. Like like we talk about with Buffalo and Stephon Diggs, they've got their own issue going on with, with whatever's going on with A.J. Brown. But even he kind of defended uh, Sirianni a bit. A lot of more, more so guys that are retiring or showing up shirtless at other games, uh, doing that talk. But the the fact of the matter is that you're you're coming off a Super Bowl appearance last year, so to to think that you go to the firing line that fast, all right, perhaps a bit hasty. But that you go this long without addressing it, and it just swirls out there, that that's unconscionable. 
I mean, how, how the guy, how the guy is allowed to say, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do the old throw everybody that worked for me under the bus. It's their fault. It's their fault. They, they set the culture. I don't. So if, if I get rid of the assistants, and it's like Jeffrey Lurie is going to be saying, okay, don't let it happen again. I don't want to see that. Yes, dad. Yes, dad. Yes, dad. I get it. They quit. They quit on their coaches. They quit on the team. They quit on themselves the last six weeks of the season. And that's not on the head coach? Wow, right. man. Good luck, Philadelphia. Right. You blame Good it on – I mean, you, you get rid of your defensive coordinator, who you'd already deposed – whatever his official title was for the final weeks. You got Matt Patricia up and around there. And now you get rid of Brian Johnson. Nice work on the ACDC stuff. We'll, we'll get to, I'm sure, more song titles uh, a little bit later on in the show. But Sirianni remains, and they're going to go back to work. I mean, Sirianni slash Roseman, nobody's got to pay a price other than some public derision and a couple of lunatics on radio. <laughs> I mean, because some of that stuff coming out of Philadelphia, I mean, that was good comedy. Oh, of course it was. Of course it was. Because, I mean, that's real. That's not the fabricated screaming A. Yeah. Or insert your favorite radio host here on our network or elsewhere <laughs> in terms of fabricated <laughs> screaming. I mean, those folks were really pissed. He hit the Eagles management with the shaggy. It wasn't me. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I'm not the guy. I, I'm not the guy. And just the fact that it seems like now he can keep his job. It's like, yeah. wait, what? Really? Really? I mean, I mean, if you're a, if you're the if you're the owner of the Eagles, right? If you let's say you own a business, right? Let's just say you own a business. And Are we selling widgets? Yeah, you said. Let's say. Oh, I'll tell you. I don't know who. I don't know if you know who owns that, but I tell you, it sure is in the Boy Scouts. Let's just say you own a business, and one year your business is great. Right, business is great. It's about as good as it could possibly get. All right, great. Looking forward to next year when business could be better. But next year, business is bad. Business goes on such a huge downtick, and you got all kinds of problems. And you're hearing that, you know, the manager you hired to to run the business, yeah, people don't want to work for him. They they just stop. They they've lost interest. Why? What's going on? You don't know what it is, but the the people that are working for the guy, the manager, uh, they've quit on him. They've quit on the business. They quit. They don't. They don't do the same job. You wind up losing money. Your business doesn't have the big year it was. Okay, if you hear that the story that that everybody that works for you is quitting on the message and you're hearing all kinds of stories that they didn't get along well with the coach and, and, and the, and the, and the culture that's out there. What owner says, okay, what are we going to do? And the manager says, well, it's all their fault. I'm firing all of them and I'm going to bring in all new people. And the guy says, oh, okay, great. That sounds like a great solution. No, it's, you know what? I'm cleaning house because I got a pretty good business. This business has a great location. Uh, we have great prices. We have, we have great business. We have people coming in. Uh, you know, we're, we're still incredibly popular. I can get new people to come in here and help run the business and we can be back to where we were a year ago. Who says, yes, I'm okay bringing that guy back? No, Nobody. That manager is out looking for a gig, too. It's just like the bear. If the guys can't cut it, the manager can't cut it, guys are getting fired. That's what happens. Are you, you leaving to go away? That's how you get you, you go away. Thank you, chef. That's what happens. And yet the Eagles have decided to say, oh, okay, we'll let you blame everybody else for whatever culture that is set that you don't set, apparently. But your OC sets it, your DC sets it, other coaches set it, but you don't set it. You're just a guy who shows up um, with, a, with, a, with a, a clipboard checking off. Uh, have we had our final offense meeting for the week? Yes, check. Okay, I'm checking everything. Like you want to be like, – like Nick Sirianni is the camp counselor just making sure that it's lights out. Okay, lights out, everybody. Okay, lights are out. 
out in cabin one, lights out in cabin two, lights out in cabin. Okay, lights are out. We're all good. Like that's who he is. Like I'm, 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 I'm going to throw everybody under the bus for that type of situation. Yeah, I, I think it it extrapolates to a larger conversation because I want to bring in the hiring of Telesco by the Raiders here uh, and, and the analysis that flows through. Well, this guy did this. This happened under his watch. You know, there are constraints that are put on you by ownership in that role, right? You don't have carte blanche to hire and fire and whatever. You've got to go within budgetary constraints. They've got to impress the ownership. Uh, and, it you know, as much as you may advocate for one candidate more than the other, you know, the GM, that you're helping with the product on the field. You don't necessarily get all of the, you know, carte blanche to do what you want with these coaches. And, and today I've seen in a bunch in my timeline about those kind of things. Likewise, in Philadelphia, you know, for Howie Roseman sitting there, like this all happened, uh, you know, by a, a staff that got constructed. And whether they quit on individual position coaches or the coordinators, they quit on Nick Sirianni, right? That was the thing, right? You go back to with the Chargers, Justin. I mean, you you were there for all of this, right? When when Staley was saying, "Well, we haven't gotten blown out," and then as soon as they did, what happened? The unthinkable <laughs> with time left on his contract, right? Because again, we try to read the tea leaves based on the organizations as they have been run in the past, assuming that they're suddenly not going to adopt a completely new strategy, which is why when Dallas said Mike McCarthy's coming back, as much as we'd hoped there might have been some learning, maybe there'd be, based on the ass-kicking they got, some change and adjustment to strategy. We all knew in our hearts of hearts, Jerry was going to be loyal and keep moving. Philadelphia, it's kind of an interesting process here with Nick Sirianni. Let's clear everything out because the message wasn't getting through in this collapse, but the head guy stays. That's curious to me. Jeffrey Lurie, I mean, because we watched it just a couple of years ago. They got rid of a guy who was pretty successful before him. Yeah. yeah right, in short order, as soon as things went a little bit south. All right, I won the gone. first Super Bowl for the franchise. You're done. Right. Sorry. You won a Can't Super Bowl. And less than 24 yeah. months later, we're throwing you to the wolves. So, yeah. you know, I, I expected more of the same. Instead, Sirianni gets the stay of execution. You know, and it's it's weird because if you're if you're Jeffrey Lurie being in that kind of position, right? Because he's he's always had the last word. He's been the guy mm-hmm. that's pushed and made the moves, right? He's always been the guy. You know, Roseman, yes, the GM, but he's been the guy to say, no, we're making. I'm making this strong decision, right? You know that there, there has to be some kind of repercussions for what happened at the end of this year, and and if you're Lurie, I'm sure he's saying to himself. Geez, do I really want to get rid of the head coach who's got us the Super Bowl a year ago? Do I really want to get rid of everybody? Am I going to look like I'm panicking? Am I going to look like – normally, Lurie's not that guy. He's not a guy that cares. Well, uh, he's saying, this is what we do for the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it served him well because he's a very well-respected owner. Everybody loves him, and he's always been a very strong guy. But I feel like now he's kind of – I don't want to say panicking, but he's afraid. 
He's afraid to make the bold moves that probably need to happen here because he he just doesn't want to look like I'm panicked. And if Jalen Hurts regresses further next year and A.J. Brown doesn't want to play here anymore and we can't get a running game and suddenly the era, this era of the Eagles, this incredibly talented roster we have is over, boy, I look like I'm the guy that hastened it. But, Which or, I, I get but, that, but, but that's why you're the owner. you got to make strong decisions, man. you got to say, hey, th- th- there's, there's not playing well at the end of the year and saying something like, oh, Sean McDermott needs to go. Dude, Sean McDermott has gotten the Bills to the point where everybody would love them to be at 20 years ago, right? It's not Sean McDermott's fault they're not winning. Yes, bad play call on the, on the fake punt, but outside of that, Sean McDermott's been a pretty good head coach. This, what happened to the Eagles, is on the head coach. This is about a team quitting, and yet you're right. still going to do that? I feel like Jeffrey Lurie's just afraid. He's just afraid of making the strong move, which is very anti what he's done his whole career. Well, but, that, but the thing from the outside looking in, and again, we don't know the conversations in the building. We're extrapolating and taking the years of observation of, of this organization and so many others across sport that you're, you're looking at this year in the NFL is an unprecedented bounty, uh, a richness of coaching candidates, at least theoretically, right? Whether you still like Bill Belichick or not, he's there. Mike Vrabel, whether he's your cup of tea or not, he's there. Harbaugh hasn't signed with anybody yet, right? No extension at Michigan, not done with the Chargers. At least Magic Johnson hasn't tweeted that yet tonight. That, But you're, you're sitting there going, you've got all these coaches out there to where you could legitimately make a change. And what are all those guys? Those are all culture guys. So if your culture's bad and you think it's rotten, keeping Sirianni doesn't help that. Right? And, and that's the thing for Lurie. He's got an opportunity. Those are three guys. And then you got Pete Carroll over here in, in corner number four, jumping up and down, hoping someone will talk to him. Hey, I'm good, guys. I'm good. Look at me. Look at me jumping. I'm on a trampoline, guys. Hey, I'm me. Come on. Come on. Just have me in for an interview, guys. Jim. Come on. <laughs> yeah, or go hire Rumble. But tell me tell me those four guys, given the, the state of affairs, and it's not to completely dismiss any coaching acumen of Sirianni, but clearly there was a problem the second half of this season in the way they exited stage left. Mm. And you've got an opportunity on the open marketplace to just say, you know what, in alliance with what we've done in the past, time to time to make a move. Exit out by the Fresca. Exit Swollen Dome. It looks like Jeffrey Lurie is just afraid. Right now, a guy who's never afraid. It's Kevin Wyatt because he's got what's trending right now in the wide world of sports. K-Dub. Yeah, the uh, Thunder were afraid of the Trailblazers there for a little bit. It actually uh, took until the final seconds for Oklahoma City to take the lead and get the win. However, that is not the end of it as Woj reporting that Portland filing a protest with a league office to challenge the result of that loss to Oklahoma City because with Portland ahead, 109-108 with 15.6 seconds to go, they had the ball with that one-point lead, and the Blazers are contending that Chauncey Billups had clearly called timeout prior to the Blazers getting called for a double dribble. The turnover would then happen. The Thunder would then take the lead and get the win, 111-109. So Portland insisting before that double dribble was called that Chauncey Billups had called a timeout. So we'll see uh, how that plays out. 
As for other news around the association, the big news of the day, Adrian Griffin getting fired by the Milwaukee Bucks as their head coach after just 43 games on the job in, in which he went 30-13. and 13. ESPN earlier today reported that Doc Rivers has emerged as a serious candidate to become the next head man in Milwaukee. And about a couple hours ago, we had CNN Sports and Magic Johnson each put out tweets saying that Doc Rivers is going to be the next head coach in Milwaukee, but no one else has confirmed that as of yet. So uh, we'll see what becomes of that. Other scores in the association tonight. I know uh, Jason very happy because the Knicks win the battle of New York against the Nets 108-103. Julius Randle with 30 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. Nuggets hold off the Pacers 114-109. Pelicans blow out the Jazz 153-124. And in Los Angeles... Without LeBron James, the Lakers made it a game late, but the Clippers do eventually pull away 127 to 116. Back to you guys. Thanks a bunch, K-Dub. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the TireRack.com studios. I wanted to get a little bit more in-depth into Nick Sirianni there and, and the, the afraid play of Jeffrey Lurie. But coming up next, yes, no, we're going to ask a serious question. We're going to laugh. Doc Rivers, new head coach of the Bucks, according to CNN and potentially Magic Johnson. We're going to ask a serious question about this firing of Adrian Griffin earlier today, despite the fact 30 and 13 record, second best record in the NBA. What is that serious question? We'll ask it next right here. Jason and Mike Fox. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes to the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the TireAct.com studios. We got big NFL coaching news to get to coming up in a few minutes, but. We have to have somewhat of a serious conversation about Doc Rivers becoming the next head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, earlier today, the Bucks fired Adrian Griffin, who was in the middle of his first year, which is a bit of a wow moment. They're 30-13, and 13, second best record in the league, but they don't like how things have been going lately defensively they're not one of the uh, they're not what they thought they were they're not what they were in the past let up a bunch of points of the pistons who were terrible and they thought that well 
maybe we're not getting everything we were, we thought we'd get from Adrian Griffin, and I'm sure the players were done buying in, and Giannis was done buying in, and so they needed to make a move. And kind of weird that Doc Rivers has been the guy who has been talked about being the next head coach, considering that there are many reports that uh, uh, Doc was advising Adrian yeah. Griffin over the course of the year for certain things. How about that if you're Griffin? The guy advising me is now stepping into my gig. That's like, hey, I'm having trouble. My girlfriend and I are dating and things are going, can you help me out? And your best friend is helping out with advice going, hey, well, when she says this, that's what I think this means. And I would say this and I would say that. I, I don't know. I would do this. And then and then she's, then the guy says, oh, I'm sorry, man. She broke up with me. And then later that day, you find out your friend is dating her. Like, that's, yeah. that's what this is. With you Doc find Rivers. out like – all the time he kept saying, I've got a mistress for Christmas, that it was your girl the whole time. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's the best part. That's the best part. Oh, it's I mean, all about the, the old Trojan horse, the, hey, the sorry, uh, man. Machiavellian kind of long play of, hey, buddy, here's, here's what I think you need to do. Here's how you communicate with Dame Lillard to make him feel better about the offense. Here's mm. why your defense is struggling. Meanwhile, he's over sending PowerPoint presentations to the to the ownership going, I'm your guy. Do you, do you think he was sending, he was telling Adrian Griffin bad advice and then telling the front office, I told him, like he says. No, I, 100%. You know, I, I, you know, Saboteur. I, like, he, like he tells Adrian Griffin, hey, uh, Damian Lillard needs to drive more. Uh, he needs to get the ball to the hoop more. Uh, okay, okay, great, we'll do that. And then he tells the front office, I told him Lillard's got to shoot more threes. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why he keeps trying to the hoop. got to keep working on spacing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the best. And apparently, according to sources, this is a happening thing. I'm, you know, I'm watching the NBA on TNT postgame show, and they still put up CNN uh, reporting See? tonight that Doc Rivers is the new head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. But the serious part of the discussion, <laughs> just well, I told before him, you I told say, to do that. finish your giggling before you get to the serious part. The fact yeah. that I just want to say the fact that if it all blows up. TNT, an official partner and broadcaster of the NBA, has run the hell out of this story all night long. <laughs> okay, so anything, you know, in, in terms of if it blows up, then they got got. Sure. Okay. It's, it's, Mike, it's, there's no getting got. Magic Johnson said it was official. Yeah, Magic For Johnson sure. congratulated Doc Rivers. It's a he, done deal, guys. Magic Johnson. He's not tweeting that out unless he knows, okay, look, Matt, no, Doc Rivers is the next head coach. Taking the Magic Johnson Twitter game to a whole new level (laughs) tonight. Don't ever send me another Woj or Shams. Those guys are done. (laughs) They're out of business now. They're done in this town. You lost to CNN that was busy trying to project the New Hampshire primary tonight. And you you guys got got by CNN. They don't even have a sports department. You don't come back from that. (laughs) That's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. But let, let now, okay. Now, let's get serious for a second. And I'm not saying let's get serious. We're going to laugh. Okay, wait. (laughs) Okay, now let's get serious. Um, This is now the third head coach that the Bucs are going to have in the past six months, right? They fire Mike Budenholzer two years after a title. They lose in the first round. Unacceptable. Okay, maybe Bud's lost his his message and, 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 you know, the, the... it gets a little stale. You bring yep. in somebody else. So hey, Jeffrey Lurie, look yeah. back over here. <laughs> so you bring in Griffin, and the team's playing well, but not quite what you expected defensively. Maybe the players aren't responding to him because you know that's a big part of it. So, okay, now we need another head coach. Uh, just to be serious for a second, if you're, how many head coaches can you blame for a team not playing how they're supposed to be playing? 
I mean, really, how many head coaches, man? You can blame one and say, all right, well, they're not doing it. This guy's message got stale. We're replacing him. But then the next guy, yeah, no, we don't like him either. Uh, at some point, you got to say, all right, uh, maybe it's not the head coach. Maybe because you're talking about bringing brother. in a third guy, the third guy coming in now, and, and, and you, you just said, oh, it's the last two guys. Mm-hmm. That, that, that it's completely their fault. I, I, I don't know, man. I think at some point you've got to look at the Bucks and go, hey, uh, just like in, in Shawshank Redemption, salvation lies within. Uh, you've got to look in the mirror and say, what kind of player do I want to be? Do I want to be able to, to be beholden defensively? Because to sit here and say, oh, it's the head coach's fault every single time, what are you doing, man? I mean, people were born at night, but not last night. Yeah, not to mention that third guy that's coming in is Doc Rivers. Yeah, yeah. A guy that is not going to take you to the next level. It's not going to take well, you Well, I mean, look, he might get you to the second round. Oh, he will. And he'll get you a 3-1 lead in the second round, and then you're going to lose. That's as far as you get. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's good for us because if history really does repeat itself, I mean, I'm going to create an AI version of me with the Leonardo DiCaprio flamethrower for future incidences like this. Yep, saw it coming from a mile away. Oh. Guys can't get out of their own way. Dude, get ready for the Knicks in the finals, man. The Bucks are now done. They're going to ah, lose in the second round. One. Get ready, man. Knicks-Celtics in the Eastern Conference finals, and the Knicks win. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> he promised us the big laugh. <laughs> there it is. Watch out, man. Watch out. Knicks, yo. Knicks, yo. Well, at least, hey, I want to say this. I want to be positive a little bit here. Uh, at least... The Bucks will be better this year than last year. Ask me how. Ask me how. Don't how are like. they going to be better than last year? Well, because they lost in the first round last year. They're going to lose in the second round this year. Things are going to be better. That is an improvement. Already. That's all you need. They're going to blow a three-game to one lead. <laughs> Exit How About a Fresca. Exit Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show, with my best friend Mike Harmon. So from big NBA head coaching news to big NFL head coaching news, that's next right here. Jason and Mike, you are listening to Fox Sports Radio. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 